Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Guests will discuss Championship Sunday and begin to look at Super Bowl 55. There is, though, a game before then, and Kyler Murray is going to be featured very prominently. We'll explain what to expect with a virtual pool bowl, at least what we know. Plus, Murray is part of a very exclusive club, and his inclusion should make all Cardinals fans happy. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 389, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Two weeks to dissect, preview, hype up Super Bowl 55 on February 7th. Though MJ, next Sunday, January 31st, is the Pro Bowl. And the Cardinals will be featured very prominently. Buda Baker, DeAndre Hopkins named starters. Kyler Murray, one of three quarterbacks named to the NFC team. And then, of course, the 2021 Pro Bowl this year is virtual using Madden NFL 21. Now the question is, what does that mean? We found a little bit more what that means here earlier today. And Bird Gang, yes, a little operating here, a little bit less than 100%. For whatever reason, maybe the weather changed, my voice not at full strength. And if you hear something in the background, well, we're in the midst of a hailstorm here on the west side of Maricopa (laughs) County in Arizona. So fingers crossed, everything works well here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2. But this virtual Pro Bowl, MJ, I'm fascinated because one, and we've talked about it, I do not play video games. I've never played Madden, let alone Madden 21. But Kyler Murray is going to be playing in this game. Literally, he's going to be playing from his own home. He's going to take over the controls. He and Deshaun Watson, there's a couple of other players as well, some celebrities. But each player will play one five-minute quarter while playing from their home using the official AFC and NFC rosters. Leave it to the NFL in a pandemic to still have the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and I got to assume this is right up his alley. We know he plays a lot of Call of Duty. I I don't know all the games that I'm with you. Um, You know, I I played Atari, so I'm outdating myself. (laughs) There we go. That's a great blast from the past. (laughs) Um, but, you know, we know a lot of guys, um, especially the younger players coming in, they, they kind of grew up with this, whether it's Twitch or whether it's, you know, uh, you can go online and play anybody around the country, if not the world. And Kyler Murray, I mean, he's kind of an introvert where he doesn't go out and he's got his dog swoosh and he plays a ton of video games. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, especially in the offseason, you got to occupy your time and you know, clearly at some point he'll probably, you know, start working out again, but you got to let the body recover. And, you know, he, he went through some hits in the second half, but this is right up his alley. But I'm also curious because we've seen Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds and a little bit of Kenyon Drake, you know, invite fans and, you know, uh, you know, different competitions. So I'm wondering about some other players around the league. I just wonder how much they invest in playing. You know, I think it's difficult to do it more in the season. I'm sure Deshaun Watson and Kyler are watching film. Uh, hopefully they are. Um, but just based on that, I, I'm curious to see other guys that have some skill set because everyone thinks they're good until you run into an opponent where he's, and I'm sure there's some trick player or some 
button you push where it, it maybe allow you to exceed other stuff. So I'm, I'm talking out of a line here, but I, I, I'm just curious to see other players, how they stack up because we know Kyler is a video games guy. Yeah, I mean, that's really clear. He makes that very clear. And if you follow him on social media, you see it. And he's very competitive. Yes. Not that he isn't competitive on the football field, but when it comes to video games, he is very competitive. So you know that one five-minute quarter that he gets, he's going to maximize those five minutes. And if he doesn't win that quarter, let alone forget about the game, he has to win that quarter. Otherwise, he's going to hear from his teammates in the locker room. Yeah, and you mentioned that he's going to have to have the AFC players, so he's going to have a really stacked roster just like the AFC, and he's going to have some weapons at running back and wide receiver and tight end. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. And I know Clarissa Thompson and Michael Strahan are, are going to be the host. Uh, there's a few celebrities involved, including Snoop Dogg and I think Bubba Wallace from NASCAR. So they're going to spice it up. And, you know, Clarissa's been behind the mic for a long time, and Strahan – you know, besides being on Fox, he's also, you know, on Good Morning America and he's got personality. So it'd be interesting to see because you kind of got to lighten up here. You know, we know that the practices at the Pro Bowl are kind of just, you know, walkthroughs and then you get to the game and it gets a little competitive in the fourth quarter. So um, give the league credit. I'm sure guys would love to go back to Hawaii or possibly Orlando where you could bring the family, you could bring your coaches, but that's not ideal right now. So I'm, I'm glad they're still going to do it because you want to, you don't want to have an asterisk in the pro bowl where yes, they didn't play, but at least they had some activities. It's the best they can do at this point. And hopefully this is just a one year event as far as a virtual pro bowl. Now, maybe depending on how well this goes, that they utilize this the week of the pro bowl or the day before when we're back to hopefully quote unquote, normal activities around the NFL. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, if it goes back to Orlando, I, I thought they had a good fan base. Um, you know, you know, you see all 32 jerseys there in Hawaii. I think it's people make the trip for it. Um, I really like the skills competition. And, you know, I know that Robert Edwards a long, long time ago got hurt in a flag football game. I think it was on sand and at that point on. But I, I like to see these quarterbacks throw to targets. I like to see the linemen when they're doing the line drills, like who's got the biggest strength, you know, because we're talking about the who's who of the NFL. I mean, not a lot of guys are tapping out because it's virtual, and I'm sure some guys got incentives in their contracts. But I did like the on-skills competition that led up to the actual event um, on that Sunday. Well, the players that will be participating along with Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson, you've got Jamal Adams, Derek Henry. There's some former players, Keyshawn Johnson, Marshawn Lynch, and then you brought up Snoop Dogg and Bubba Wallace. Again, this is... This coming Sunday, January 31st, 3 p.m. Arizona time, it's going to be streamed on the EA Madden NFL Twitch channel, the NFL's YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook platforms. And then later on that night, the NFL Network will air the virtual Pro Bowl. So, again, I'm fascinated to see how this works. And you know, at least from personal experience in listening and in watching how Kyler Murray interacts with maybe a Chase Edmonds or a Christian Kirk, that he is going to be fired up for this event. And that, of course, for Cardinal fans, anything involving a Cardinals player, you want to participate in as well. So interested and uh, certainly we'll be uh, rooting on Kyler Murray to come away with a uh, win within those five minutes, as I use quotation marks around win. Yeah. Um... 
you know, the, the other thing you look at is just the fact that, you know, th this could be many for, for Kyler Murray. Now I'm sure he wants to get deep into the postseason. That's got to be the goal next th this upcoming season. This has to be a playoff team, you would assume, going from five to eight wins. And we know they got up to a, a good start and eight and six, and you're thinking they're going to get in. So um, this is just part of his resume moving forward. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, obviously, you know, a lot going on with him. But, you know, he threw for the most yards this year in the NFL. I think they only won four games and they don't even have a first round pick. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, just where he's at. I'm sure a lot going on between the years, but uh, I'm glad, he, you know, he's going to participate. Well, you bring up a lot going on around Deshaun Watson. That's going to lead me into this because you forward this on to me earlier today. And this is something from Adam Schefter. But before we get into his tweet, let's just go through what has happened here off the field with regards to the NFL and the quarterback position. We know things aren't right from what we're reading, what we're hearing between the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Then all of a sudden over the weekend, Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions have mutually agreed to part ways, which, you know, there are certain quarterbacks that you identify with certain teams and Stafford with the Lions is one of those. Now, potentially, based off the post-game comments from Aaron Rodgers, are we going to see another divorce, if you will, between quarterback and franchise to where you have Watson, Stafford, and Rodgers all playing, franchise quarterbacks, mind you, all wearing different uniforms in 2021? That, to me, MJ, it's always a story when there's quarterback movement. There was last offseason. But to have three franchise quarterbacks available on the open market or at least via trade and behind the scenes movement, uh, this is might be a dawn of a new age with respect to player empowerment in the National Football League. Well, you covered the NBA for a long time. We, we they talk about you know, you know, dream teams, and then you know, uh, obviously trying to pair up at least three stars, and most recently would be the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I never thought we'd get to this. I know Carson Palmer basically. Um, he quit on the, the Bengals and then eventually went to the Raiders. Um, you know, he obviously was there a long time. He didn't like what's going on. He didn't think they were committed. And it worked out for him at the end of his career. But, you know, I think for Aaron Rodgers, I think we got to let the dust settle a little bit. It's an emotional game. Obviously, he's disappointed because I think they thought they can get to the Super Bowl, regardless if they took a quarterback in the first round last year. And his comments, and he's right, technically, where you're never going to have the same guys back. And he started thinking about guys he knows are not going to be back based on contract and where the franchise is going. So he kind of put himself in that conversation. But, I, I you know, he's got three years left, I want to say. Um, you know, you start getting into the salary cap and dead money and what's the compensation. And, Craig, I mean, these teams that hired new coaches, I mean, even in, I'll put Carolina in there, we could see four quarterbacks off the board in the first eight. And then you got teams in like the Patriots who are sitting right in front of the Cardinals at 15 and they, they try to move up. So anytime you bring in a new GM and a new uh, head coach, you're likely saying we're going to hit the reset button and we're going to start over. And so I, I think we should hold off on Aaron Rodgers, but it will be the topic. Um, but also Matthew Stafford. I mean, give him a lot of credit. He, you know, we know he's a quality quarterback. I would say somewhere in the top 12, maybe 14. And he wants to win. And you hired a new uh, general manager in Brad Holmes. And then you bring in Dan Campbell. And he had a, a conversation with the owner. So they're on the same page there. I, I think there's going to be options. Now it all comes down to compensation and 
and, and when he's under contract, you know, what's the dead money? But Schefter said, just to piggyback what you were saying, he said there's roughly 10 quarterbacks locked into starting jobs for opening day. I think we can say it's safe to say in the NFC West, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Correct. This is expected to be an unprecedented offseason at the quarterback position. My over and under on teams changing quarterbacks this offseason is 18. Now, I thought up to 13 could be 15, but he's saying, and he knows more than I do, and he'll take the over. And then he lists at these quarterbacks, and you're, you're looking at, are these – like, is this an all-star list? Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, I think he stays in Dallas. Sam Darnold, new head coach, same GM. Carson Wentz, I think based on them firing Peterson, I think if you're Nick Sirianni, you're probably going to agree with the owner and the GM, so I don't know about him. Jared Goff, definitely a question mark. Jimmy Garoppolo, a question mark. Cam Newton, Acquired uh, taste, Teddy Bridgewater, they want to upgrade there. Mitchell Trubisky didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Jameis Winston is a free agent. I do think his viable option would be they're staying with New Orleans, but money talks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, more of a backup. Alex Smith and Ben Roethlisberger. Wow. It's an incredible list. And I think here, as we kind of localize it to the Arizona Cardinals, the fact that of the 10 that Schefter believes aren't going anywhere, and you mentioned it, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, half of the NFC West, we know for certain. A year ago, the 49ers admitted to being flirting as they used it with Tom Brady. We don't know what's going on with Jared Goff. Post-game comments from Sean McVay leaves that door perhaps cracked a little bit. But with respect to the Arizona Cardinals, here you are. You know right now here on January 25th that you have a starting quarterback and you have a quarterback that Maybe you believe it, or it's trending towards franchise status going into his third season, and then you have two-thirds of the league that can't say that. And yes, there are areas in which Murray needs to get better at. He needs to grow as a on-field and off-field leader. Yet, I certainly would much rather be where the Cardinals are here today versus you know, 20 other teams out there that have question marks at the most important position in this game? Well, I think it's one of the most important positions in sports. I mean, they, they get all the credit and they get all the blame along with the head coach. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, you know, Murray's got to continue to grow. But the thing people don't talk about is he's on his rookie contract. And we've gone through the list of names, Mahomes, he, got, he just got extended. I think Lamar Jackson's going to get extended this offseason, but he's been on his rookie deal. Jared Goff, he got extended. He's on his rookie. They were on the rookie deal. And so everyone's saying, well, you know, the Cardinals should go after Deshaun Watson. Just there's this thing called the salary cap, and they haven't given up on Kyler Murray. Is Deshaun Watson a better quarterback today? Yes. Okay. Um, but he's also been in the league a little bit longer. And, you know, he's gone through – you know, he did have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they made uh, under Bill O'Brien. Now, he wasn't there all the time. They really had a lot of quarterbacks. But they made the playoffs, you know, four of those five years. Now, they didn't go far, and then obviously. So um, that rookie contract, that's where you have to acquire other talent around him. And we look at the offense, and, yes, you have Hopkins, and we'll see what happens with the running back position besides Chase Edmonds. But you've got to bring in some more playmakers on offense and whether that's a receiver, another tight end, another running back. So that's where you've got to cash in. So, um, you know, that's the, that's the model. And for those four or five teams are going to draft a quarterback because they got a new head coach or a new GM. That's what they're going to do. 
And so, you know, that's, and then, you know, if you're Belichick, you probably want a veteran guy, even though they're probably looking at the future. I don't know what they really think of Jared Stidham. I think it's, it was pretty obvious that he didn't get a chance to play the way the Newton was throwing the football. So um, clear is day when Kyle's on this rookie deal. And now it's going to be all dependent on how he plays the next two years. Does he get 30 million? Does he get 35? Does he get 40? I think we're all curious to see what Josh Allen gets. Now, Josh Allen's been to the postseason. I'm curious to see what Lamar Jackson gets. He's been to the postseason, hasn't had that record of Josh Allen, who made a run this year, getting to the conference championship game. So those are things you look at over a period of time. And again, the Cardinals have to cash in while Murray's on his rookie contract. All eyes are going to be on Kyler this offseason, this regular season, and moving forward. We have not heard from QB1 since the end of the regular season. However, earlier today on Instagram, Murray did post this first with a quote, with adversity, you are shocked to higher levels, end quote. And then he wrote this, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mentality stays the same, chasing greatness 24-7, grateful for everything, end of post. Great words. You love to hear it. You love to read it in this case, but it certainly sounds like MJ that Murray is attacking this offseason. We've heard he wants to be great. We've heard that football is his life. Yes, he's got hobbies. We all do. He likes playing video games, but he wants to be better. And I think that's where it starts because you have to put in the work today, tomorrow, next week, next month, every day. It's the offseason where you get better. And we all know Murray needs to get better as a quarterback. Yeah, I've never questioned his work ethic from a working out standpoint. I just think he needs to dive a little bit deeper when it comes to watching film. And, you know, that's part of the process. I mean, I think, you know, based on him being that dynamic quarterback, I think this team could go eight and eight if he was the quarterback for all 16 games. Now the question becomes, is the offense sustainable? And can you get to a 10 or 11 win season? So he's got to he's got to hit the uh, the playbook and you know obviously you know Cliff Cliff in uh, the play caller they got to get on the same page you know sometimes I think when we hear from Cliff you know they left plays on the field but one thing that I'm going to look for next year is when something works I hope Kingsbury stays with it and that's something that when you when when you hear him say I got this play from this team and this college that's great but stick what works and I think you know he's learning on the job also but it's going to be a big off season. And that's great to see that from Kyler. It's not so much on the field. It's also in, in, in the classroom and watching film and seeing things when you break the huddle, pre-snap, post-snap, and then working with Hopkins and working with those other receivers. And hopefully, you know, it's not going to be uh, to where you can't travel and all this other stuff, the vaccine. So the, the, there's going to be opportunities out there. But I like what he's saying, but you, you got you to do it every single day. The greats do it every day. And if he's motivated to do it, knowing that, you know, last year was good, but it could be a lot better. Well said. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Again, Bird Gang, apologize for the voice. I think it is just a change in the weather. Certainly glad it did not happen during the regular season, but uh, we press on here throughout everything 
concerning Arizona Cardinals football and the offseason. All right, let's switch gears, MJ, and talk about Championship Sunday. We now know the two teams that will be participating in Super Bowl 55 come February 7th. We'll have plenty of time to break down that matchup between the Buccaneers and Chiefs. But how did we get to Tampa Bay and Kansas City? Let's start in the NFC where Tom Brady leads Tampa Bay past the Green Bay Packers 31 to 26, three touchdown passes, but he also had three interceptions. The key is the Packers only converted those takeaways into six points, two field goals. And that is probably the difference in this ball game because you have to be able to convert. Buccaneers did on their takeaways, getting 21 points. Yet the flip side is the Packers only got six points off of their takeaways. And if you look at the uh, the Buccaneers, they were nine for 14 on third down, close to 65%. Now, well, regardless if you're playing the, the Buccaneers, when you get to the postseason, you know, I know sometimes you have to settle for a field goal, but you, when you get down there, you know, Buffalo had that nine nothing lead. We'll get into that, but you, you, you got to score touchdowns. And, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be a shootout. Um, but the fact is they couldn't capitalize on those three turnovers and give Todd Bowles a lot of credit. And we know that David Bakhtiari went down. Um, so they, they're going to have a hard time protecting the edges. Shaq Barrett was in the backfield a lot. Um, then you look at JPP and then DW45, Devin White. I mean, he's there's a, there's a reason why they took him fifth overall. And I'm always curious about taking an inside linebacker, even though Cardinals took Isaiah Simmons. You just don't see it all the time, but he's worthy of that pick. And they are playing three young corners. I mean, and, you know, give uh, Bunning a lot of credit because he's had three picks. I mean, I think Aeneas has the record four in a postseason maybe. Um, so you would think that Aaron Rodgers would have some options there, but got to give Todd Bowles credit. Um, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, which is one is open now, don't see him on the finalist list. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think he'll be in the cycle next year and then also Brian Dable from the Buffalo Bills. But, yeah, I was shocked. And, you know, to me, Tom Brady did just enough, and we can start to break the game down from a standpoint of, you know, what happened before the half. There were six seconds. They put eight on there. Um, you didn't know if they were going to go with the Hail Mary. But, you know, we covered Bruce Aarons for five years, and it's true. No risk it, no biscuit. And I thought Ken Summers had an interesting tweet during the game. Even though they have a lead, uh, you thinking they're going to run it, and – you know, you got, you got to give that Packers defense because they have two pass rushers. So I didn't know if they were going to try to spin it or run it. But, you know, for the most part, though, uh, Tom Brady obviously felt comfortable throwing to Scotty Miller. Uh, King was getting abused all day. I'm shocked that they didn't have two safeties back there for help. But give Brady credit. He recognized it. And that was a huge play going into halftime. It was a tremendous call and Bruce Arian said it was all Tom Brady to go for that home run shot and you mentioned the time because you still are sort of in field goal range at that position it's going to be more than 50 yards I think it was about 55 or 57 yards so it's not a gimme maybe you do go for that quick pass get closer and I thought was my thinking then all of a sudden they go for the deep shot if that falls incomplete you're lucky you've got one second left on the clock but it was a risk you just said it though no risk it, no biscuit. And for Bruce Arians, it pays off. And for a lot of those 
coaches on that staff. A lot of Cardinals ties. You brought Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich. There are a number of people that were here when Bruce Arians was the head coach. Now they're in Tampa Bay with the Bucks. So happy for everyone over there. But we go back to why the Packers weren't able to get over the hump. And I go back to what they were able to do with those takeaways, settling for field goals and not touchdowns. But there is that one decision on fourth down, just outside of the two-minute mark. You are down eight. If you're the Packers, it's fourth and goal, and the decision is to kick a field goal. Okay, so that pulls you to within five. You still need a touchdown. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You still are outside of the two-minute warning. You've got all of your timeouts. I didn't understand the decision to kick a field goal when you're that close knowing, yes, you needed a touchdown plus the two-point conversion. But a field goal there, MJ, does you no good. You still need to get a stop, and then you still need a touchdown. So it made no sense to me. I've heard, I've read some of the reasoning, but I just don't get it, especially when, A, you've got Aaron Rodgers, and, B, Tom Brady's on the other side of the field, the greatest quarterback ever. So it just it's one of those at the time. I was questioning it. It wasn't hindsight. It was in the moment. You have to go for it there. Even if you fail, you've pinned the Bucks inside the 10-yard line. You still got the two-minute warning coming up, so that's an additional clock stoppage. And then you try to get a stop defensively. And unfortunately, Packers failed, and the Buccaneers were able to run out the clock. Craig, I want to go back, though, when the game was 28-17, about nine minutes to go in the third quarter, and Tom Brady threw his first interception. The Packers go on a nice 13-play drive, 68 yards, a couple penalties, and unfortunately they don't get the two-point conversion. So let's fast forward now to the fourth quarter when you, you have the uh, Packers who decide that with fourth and eight at the eight-yard line. Now keep in mind they got four timeouts. You got the two-minute warning, and they got three, so it's 2:09. To me, when you're that close, you, now if you're at the 30 and you're not going to get that to where you hope to get an onside kick or get the ball back, but the fact is Aaron Rodgers sitting in, on the bench and then people are like, you better not give Tom Brady too much time. Okay, at that point, you got to get the ball back. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers said it wasn't his call, but he understood the, the dynamics of the fourth timeout. But when you're down that close, and Aaron Rodgers, I believe, and he said it after the game, he thought it was four-down territory because he was he could have ran in the end zone on third down. Now, that could have closed up, and then he gets down to the two-yard line. Um, you know, that's not going to help because it, it was third and eight and fourth and eight. And But he thought he had two plays, and it didn't turn out that way. And your mindset as a quarterback saying, this is four-down territory. So we don't get it here. I got another option. Never happened. So we're in agreement here, which is always good on Cardinals cover too. You know, <laughs> I, I know sometimes, you know, the analytics and you look at the numbers and the numbers are supposed to dictate what you're supposed to do. And I understand that. And thanks to our colleague, Kyle Odegaard, I've come around more to that side of things. But on the flip side, there is, a, and we've talked about it, there's the other factors flow of the game, how you're performing. Also, who's on your team? Who's on the other team? And this fact that you have two of the best quarterbacks, not only 
this year, but to have ever played the ball game as a head coach, that has to factor into your decision. And I also blame everyone else on that Green Bay coaching staff. I'm sorry. Yes, the onus falls on the head coach, but he's got to be open to other ideas, other suggestions. Someone's got to get in his ear and say, what are you doing? No, you have to go for it. And I know sometimes all of this is happening within split seconds, but I just, I certainly understand the frustration from Aaron Rodgers standpoint to where he then was asked about the future. And he had those comments, which we alluded to earlier in this show that now has everyone thinking, Oh, has he played his final game in green Bay? Who knows? But it's decisions like that that are very hard to erase. Just ask Seattle fans about the decision to throw the ball at the goal line versus to hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. And Tom Brady's got a Super Bowl ring because of it instead of, you know, not having five rings. He has six. You know, so we go back to when Brady threw his first interception. They capitalized. They didn't get the two-point conversion. So if, if the Packers are honest with themselves – Brady throws back-to-back interceptions, and they go three and out, three and out. And that that then once they got the ball back, they had a punt with uh, eight minutes to go, and that's when Ryan Suckup kicked a, a 46-yard field, and they're up 31-23, um, basically with four minutes to go in the game, 4:42. So they took advantage of the first pick, and that's why it's only six points because they missed two. But they went three and out in both of those possessions, and that's why I give the Bucks defense credit. They were rushing four, Craig, and it wasn't like it. You know, I know Todd will bring five, but they were rushing four and saying you're going to have to throw in some tight windows. And there were some open receivers um, for the most part. But I, I just think that you know that people aren't talking about that enough. You you get three turnovers and you get two in the fourth quarter. And you can't you can't capitalize just getting the drive to keep them off the field, let, let alone getting that Ryan suck up um, field goal. So, you know, listen, I, I'm being tongue in cheek here. These guys spend 80 hours in the office probably, and I'm, you know, and we've seen it a few times now. We've seen it with Frank Wright. We've seen it with Mike Rabel. And we've seen it now with Matt LaFleur. And I can make a case maybe Sean McDermott at times, you cannot kick field goals against the Chiefs. And we'll get into that here momentarily. So, um, you know how I feel about analytics. I think it's a tool, but also the flow, the momentum. And what does your gut say versus the analytics? Because you're on the field. Analytics is just an overall view of what you should do in a certain situation. You have to know down and distance and how the game's going. So I think it's a good tool to have. But when we're seeing these coaches – and they probably feel awful the day after because they got to answer to the owner. They got to answer to the GM. They're going to have to, you know, take it from the fan base. But, you know, it was a great year. They had home field advantage. And now you just wonder, you know, how, I, I just don't think we should read too much of what he said just because it's you're talking about right after the game. You know, he does stuff with Pat McAfee. You know, we'll see if he's golfing this year. But uh, I just think maybe one more year. But clearly, um, they're going to, I don't know if it's about weapons because they're running backs. Jones got hurt. He had a chest injury and they drafted um, AJ Dillon, who's got big calves. And then they went out and got Jamal at uh, Jamal Williams. So I don't know if it's the running game. Um, you know, the tight ends, they played well. You got Devontae Adams, you got Lazard. So I don't know what the answers are, but um, they're going to do a lot of soul searching this off season with the, like we have with what if, what if, 
And I think the teams I mentioned, and I didn't, you know, we'll get into the Bills game, but, you know, again, coaches' jobs are to put players in position to play, make plays, and Aaron Rodgers should have been on the field. Buccaneers advance 31-26. They will play Kansas City as we flip it over the AFC Championship game. Chiefs over the Bills, 38-24. Buffalo, though, jumped out to a 9-0 lead before the Chiefs finally got on track. And you look at some of the numbers. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is going to get his, but Tyreek Hill, 172 yards receiving. Travis Kelsey, 118 yards receiving, two touchdowns. This Chiefs team can score at will, and we go back to coaching decisions. Because of the Chiefs and their ability to put up points in a hurry, if you're Buffalo, you get inside the red zone, you can't settle for field goals. You have to go for it, even if it's fourth and three, fourth and two. You have to push it, and the Bills didn't. They kicked the field goals, and at the end of the day, you know, as you say, your Niagara math, Seven's greater than three, and if you keep kicking field goals, you're never going to catch up to a team that's scoring touchdowns. Yeah, and Buffalo was four for four on field goals. I want to say the uh, they missed the extra point. That's because it was nine nothing. They were two for five um, in the in the red zone, which is forty percent. And on the other side, the Chiefs were five of six, eighty three percent. So, I mean, in Buffalo, you know. They haven't really been able to run the football, maybe like they did earlier this season. You know, between you know, you look at Josh Allen, he let him again in rushing, seventy seven carries for eighty eight yards. And then you look at Singletary, six carries, seventeen yards. T.J. Yeldon. Um, so they, but you know, on paper they averaged, you know, seven point two because you had a couple long runs there. But I thought Josh Allen, that was the first time I think he felt the pressure. You could see it in his eyes. He wasn't, he, you know, he was scrambling, but guys weren't open. You know, you know, you look at Diggs, six catches for 77 yards. He was targeted 11 times. Cole Beasley, we find out he was playing through some injuries. He had nine targets, seven uh, catches for 88 yards. But, you know, the, the thing is, you want to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. And so you got, you got to possess the ball. And it was pretty even there. But when you just look at total plays in the game, the, the Chiefs ran 64 and Buffalo ran 70, but the Chiefs averaged up close to seven yards per attempt. The Bills had 5-2. So uh, that's a learning experience. But that was the first time that I thought, you know, you know, Buffalo obviously had to win some games to get there. And, you know, they were able to be at home. And now you got to go on the road. But I looked, just looked at Josh Allen. He looked, this first time I think he felt the pressure because they are 60 minutes and it's been, I think they were hoping for a nail biter. I really do, maybe to win it in the fourth quarter. And as you pointed out, um, the Chiefs scored 21 points in the second quarter, 10 in the third, seven in, in the fourth, and Buffalo really field goal, field goal, and then nine points. So as you pointed out, 38-24. So that, and that's going to be the key to beat them all the time. There was so much talk about, oh, the Chiefs have only won, you know, they're, they're like six and one in one score games. Well, Again, they know how to finish, and good teams find ways to win. And, and I think, you know, you look at what they do, it's not a surprise that they're back to the Super Bowl um, just based on, you know, the AFC. you got an up-and-coming team like the Bills. I think the Ravens still need some weapons. Um, you know, you look at the Chiefs, and, you know, Pittsburgh was down towards the end of the year. So you just start looking at it, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to be a favorite again next year. 
Yeah, the Chiefs are very, very good. And the one thing about that team that doesn't get a lot of the credit is that Chiefs defense. Yes. Yes, offense is going to put up 38 points, but that defense held a very good Bills team that had not lost since the Hale Murray at State Farm Stadium, yet they got to Josh Allen four times as far as sacking him. And then outside of Allen, they had no run game. And that was all the Chiefs and that defense, those guys, the defensive linemen and the linebackers. And, of course, Tyron Matthew, the former Arizona Cardinal, I think the heart and soul, not only of that defense, but the entire team in general. He earned that early on in his career when he landed in Kansas City. But uh, it is certainly worth noting that that Chiefs defense equal to that Chiefs offense as far as why the Chiefs now have an opportunity to do what only the Patriots have done recently, and that is win back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah, and in two playoff games, they held the Browns to 17 points, and they held the Bills to 24. And Patrick Mahomes, he has yet to uh, throw an interception. He's only been sacked once. He's completing 74% of his passes. And then you just look at guys you mentioned, Travis Kelsey. He's got 21 catches, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill's got... 17 catches, 282 yards. Um, that's 71 yard. I mean, you can't teach speed. Uh, you know, it's, it was amazing, and we shouldn't be surprised. And you felt for uh, Hardman, but he got a chance to, to redeem himself with a touchdown after that fumble. And, and I was curious if they're going to try to run the football. And really, we heard a lot about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and he had missed the previous game, but it was Williams, 26 carries, 130 yards. And then, uh, Clyde Zolaire, maybe more in the end of the game, he had six carries for only seven yards. So, yeah, you know, it really didn't come down to special teams, so to speak, um, which, which I thought, you know, that's going to flip field position. But, you know, anytime you get turnovers, and, and that's why it's disappointing if you're a Packers fan. Now, as for, you know, Josh Allen, you know, I think he's, it's a learning experience for him. And, and they got a good roster. Now, they may lose one of their coordinators in Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable should be a head coach. He'll be in the cycle next year, along with Todd Bowles. So uh, I got they got some good things there. And Leslie Frazier, he did a great job at that Bills defense throughout the year, um, and even going back to the, uh, the Hal Murray game. Yeah, the Bills aren't going anywhere. And now you look at the Chiefs, the Bills, I'll throw in the Ravens, as far as three young quarterbacks who have all taken significant steps forward. And we'll go full circle here on what we started this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and that is Kyler Murray trying to get into that club as well, moving the Cardinals into the playoffs and then taking that next step, winning a playoff game, then getting the conference championship game, and hopefully one day getting to the Super Bowl and then winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, the thing is, though, we, we talk about Mahomes and we talk about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and, and the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks 26 and younger. I'll put Joe Burrow in there. I was thoroughly impressed. I, I don't know if Zach Taylor's the long-term answer, but clearly you got to get him some weapons to get that offensive line. But he he looked like he passed the eye test. It, it's just – but in the NFC, you know, it, it looks like Drew Brees hasn't announced it, but likely retire. Um you know, Brady's probably going to play at least another year, maybe two years. But you got some turnover, though. And then you, and you got some guys that are manning positions right now, like Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. And I don't know if those teams are 100% sold on those guys. Now, again, a little bit different with Wentz. The money they paid him, they got Jalen Hurts there. 
So the NFC to me is, and that's why it's so fascinating to me that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl win. Okay. And so, same with Russell Wilson, he should have two and then Drew Brees. And you look in the AFC and it's been Tom Brady, um, Peyton Manning, now Mahomes, and then throwing Joe Flacco. But the NFC has been wide open over the years. And you, you give Nick Foles credit, um, you know, winning the Super Bowl with the Eagles. But to me, it's wide open. Where in the AFC, you're going to have stiff competition. And eventually those teams, in the, when Brady retires and Breeze retires now, they may go with Jameis Winston. So I think the, the NFC is more wide open where the AFC is top heavy. Because, you know, you're going to have to go to Kansas City. You may have to go to Buffalo. Here, you, I mean, give the give the uh, the Packers credit. Nobody thought home field advantage would matter this year, but you know, getting snow would have helped. Uh, even though Brady's played in that weather, and Bruce Arians said, when you're on the field, you're warm, but on the sidelines, you got to keep keep warm. So, uh, but I do think that the NFC is wide open. I and I'm, I'm sure you can build it. You know, the, the Saints roster is probably not going to change a lot, but the, the, I just think the NFC is more wide open than the AFC just based on those young quarterbacks. Now in the NFC, you know, you got Kyler Murray. Um, then you throw in, you know, Daniel Jones. Is he the answer? You got some young quarterbacks, um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with Goff and Garoppolo. But to me, the NFC is wide open. And that's why you have to win your division to host a playoff game. So Super Bowl 55, again, it will be the Buccaneers and the Chiefs, and that will come your way on February 7th. We'll have more on that game later this week. And then, of course, the following week as well as we inch closer and closer to the final game of the 2020 season, regular season and postseason as well. Should be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of Mahomes-Brady talk, and there's certainly going to be a lot of talk about these two head coaches as well. Andy Reid, Bruce Arians, a lot to like and a lot to dissect, and there's going to be plenty of time to do that, MJ. Well, I think we'd be remiss to say they're the first team that is hosting the Super Bowl and playing in the game. I think every year teams look, hey, we're hosting the Super Bowl. Now, there's there's been teams that are played like 20 miles away. If you watch some of the Bucks practice, you could see the stadium in the background. So it's much closer. But there have been games that are 20 miles where they didn't play in their original stadium, like in Stanford and the Coliseum, et cetera. But this is the first time. And, you know, the Cardinals, a couple of years from now, Craig, they're going to be hosting the Super Bowl. And hopefully, you know, we're having a conversation about playoff games and not disappointments to an 8-8 eight and eight season. Well, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that all happens in the future for the Arizona Cardinals. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.